We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse. Greetings, and welcome back to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. This is your weekly rhetorical assault from the news cycle people make it, and occasionally ourselves. I should talk really, really fast because it's an urgent emergency podcast situation. I'm Camille Foster. I do various things at Freethink. I'm joined by two remarkable gentlemen who can help us get through these dark, dark days in America, the darkest we've ever seen. We're on the, we are on the precipice of civil war, despite yeah. the fact that the Gallup poll suggests that this, that's not really what people care about. But whatever. Matt Welch is here, editor-at-large of Reason Magazine. Mike Moynihan is here. He's Vice News guy. Mm-hmm. And he had the soft focus, but now his hair is just a, a total mess. It's a debacle. Yeah, it's all just... I, I don't know. Look, I don't even care because the Gestapo is at the door and I'm going to have to go pretty soon when they come for me. Because I'm not, well, you know, I've never been, been a fan of Donald Trump on this podcast. And I'm just expecting, even though he's not president, and that's all we talk about. Um, even when the president is making a speech, we're just talking about it's the, terrible. the former president. It's terrible. That's what Isn't happened that what tonight. tonight. Joe Biden gave a speech in Philadelphia. He's been there. He's been there twice this week because, <laughs> hey, you know, you know what else is true? It's also a swing state. It's also the midterms coming up. So maybe... Oh, I thought, I, he, I thought he forgot to get off the Amtrak. I don't know. And he was like, whatever, whatever reason late. he had to give a speech about <laughs> this, the, Marines? The, 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 the state oh, of man. democracy, <sighs> the, the rising tide of political super, violence. Super fascist. And um, he went Am full I dark, Brandon. Fascist. This was Joe Biden's American carnage moment. Wow. And he, he seized it. He, he seized right. it. And I want to talk about that. I also think we should probably yeah. talk a little bit about the, the Trump papers situation, which is still roiling. Um, tomorrow, there will be more January 6th hearings, which one wonders if this speech that the president decided to schedule going on? maybe coincides <laughs> with additional hearings in the January 6th thing tomorrow, because I don't know. Am I being cynical? Maybe not. But I, I do think there are more urgent matters for us to discuss, no. because I had a revelation today, and it's really no. appropriate because we're talking about scary oh, things. No. And today, I was... Yeah, you I start want to start with, with that. what the yeah, That's okay you with you guys. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's what you want to start with. I absolutely. Literally, start. this is important. People are tuning this, this is podcast. They're like, shit, what? This is what is important. the sizzling hot take on no, the Joe Biden speech? We'll get to that. We'll get, get to that eventually. Tell them. I, I went what, to the tell airport what get. in New Orleans this morning because I was at the, the public radio mm-hmm. conference. I had a really good time. Mm-hmm. Gave a gave a talk there and or it was a debate actually. And we didn't score it, but I'm pretty confident I won. At some point, you may get to hear that. I don't know if they're going to release the audio. If not, we'll talk about it that another time. But can I, can I tell you that NPR <laughs> there are people really who really liked, liked it tonight? Yeah, <laughs> I listened to that NPR and afterwards they were like, hey, "What do you think?" You're like, it was really just, riveting, you know, really riveting, essential. Those Amazing. are the kinds of things that they were saying. Amazing, and like everyone yeah. had like seven hyphens yeah, in their yeah. name. They did get my <laughs> pronouns wrong people, on the badge though, which you know, is a little upsetting. Yeah. Did they pronounce it like uh, I'm coming up now? We have Camille Foster. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm 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 from I'm, I'm sorry, Baltimore. I'm Kojo Namdi, actually. <laughs> for the record, what <laughs> nah. yeah, the record. Is, you know it's a fake name, right? His name is like Bill Withers or Bill Stevens. Donald or McGregor the thirteenth or something. Uh, oh, because it sounds super waspy too, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a yeah. Leonard Pimp. Kojo Namdi is a good uh, stage name. Camille, what are My your correct pronouns? pronouns? In, in case Are anyone sexy, hot, and yeah. sexies, which I mean, that's good. Oh that's my good. god, Matt, you were not kidding. Is that bad? <laughs> Do you know what his name is? What? Yeah, Kojunanamdi's name was it Rex Orville <laughs> Montague Paul. Yeah, yeah, that's worse than whatever you could make up. 
He was, exa- exactly. He's Guyanese born, but he has, has the <laughs> whitest, waspiest name of anyone on the planet. I guess is why he's like, oh fuck it, I'm Kojo Nanamdi now. But, but we have wow. to talk about Thriller. Anyway. And when I, when I say Thriller, I think you all know what I mean. Thriller, <laughs> Thriller, the, late, the okay. greatest <laughs> album ever produced. Like, but I mean, this isn't even, there's nothing to mm. argue about here. It's clear. It's only 10 tracks. The man recorded this album in what, like four months this was, this was, what was, came before this? Off the mm-hmm. Wall was right before this? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, back to back wall, yeah. hits. And this album yeah. is packed full of hits. But the truth is, and I ended up listening to this because yeah. um, The Girl Is Mine was playing in the airport. And as I was listening to it, I was like, wow, this is bringing me so yeah. much joy. It's like no one in the airport cares about these horrible allegations against It didn't him. bring Michael any <laughs> No one cares. <laughs> because <laughs> he was like, I, uh, I'm fine with the song. It's a good song. But I think the <laughs> lyrics are a bit off. Because I think the girl is mine isn't really speaking to me. I'm thinking like the kid in middle school is mine. Is that does that not work? Those apparently I think Dave Chappelle had it right. Michael Jackson made Thriller. He couldn't have hurt them kids. Um, Furthermore, furthermore, (laughs) did you you know there's a track that got removed from that album, a song called Carousel, which is all about like a girl that he meets at at the circus. And uh-huh. I think he refers to her as like yeah. a circus girl or a clown girl or something. It's like really, now that one is not really, yeah. you know, I'm glad it's not on there is what I'm going to say. But in either case, there's one, is there a carousel? Is, you can, you can hear it on the song? 25th anniversary a, uh, um, edition of, of the, the Thriller album, yeah. which also includes a lot of other tidbits that support this theory that I'm going to lay out for you people. And this is important, Right. There's one mm-hmm. song on that album that is always <laughs> such a buildup to. No, like, this is a great theory. A it's theory. a great theory. It's I'm clear. telling you, now, it's not it's a good obvious. theory. It's, it's not abundantly good theory. true. Listen, and maybe it's, this is the problem that I've had. I've been thinking. I've been thinking. <laughs> <laughs> this is when you get all barbershop when you start saying, "Listen, listen, yeah. listen." I'm just saying that happening. I've <laughs> like, I've what? thought for a long Michael time, Jackson. like today, as I've been thinking about this, that wow, I must be late. Maybe everyone else knew this yeah. and I didn't know, but I've never quite understood the position of the song thriller on this album. I don't get it. It's the title track for the album, but it also has always felt like this kind mm-hmm. of silly pop, like gimmick song about movies and monsters and like walking zombies and he's a werewolf. What the hell is going on here? And I realized mm-hmm. today that this song is, mm-hmm. this is Michael's like Teddy Pendergrass, turn off the lights. This is sexual healing. This song mm. is about fucking mm. like he is singing a song where he is mm. constantly referring to his phallus, its size and its girth, and the fact that is going to be a huge problem. You are for you. literally like a women's. It's going to be a huge problem right for you, girl. You're like like you can't get away. Phallus. It's not. It's no. It's, it's literally not. about monsters. And you know what they do? They end it. Yes. They fucking end it with it, Vincent this Price. Is, this is it. Yeah. And, and I'm tell telling you, it's about monsters. You. Dude, if you, you get, a, you you think get that's the 25th anniversary, you'll be able to hear some of the outtakes of Vincent Price saying, Michael Jackson is the thriller. And you have to go back and listen to the lyrics of this song. Under the moonlight, you see a sight that almost stops your heart. What is he talking about? You know what he's talking about. Yeah, the monster, the one-eyed monster. monster. That is what he's talking oh, about. It is clear. <laughs> it is abundant. Yeah, you it's, try to scream. I mean, if but anything, terror takes if the sound anything, before you make it. He's he, you start. 
Well, you start okay. to freeze. So the first thing is he still, what he sees is a 12-year-old boy, and the boy starts to scream. He's telling her. That's what it is. <laughs> he starts to scream. You're paralyzed. You can't Call leave. Because, yeah. because you actually yeah. want it. Kids you scared want it, of Michael Jackson. You're, you're afraid because you know you can't handle all this ham. That is the message on, on offer here in this, in this is, song. I cannot believe it's you're fighting for your life inside right a killer thriller <laughs> tonight. That's yeah. what he's talking about. That is like literally every kid that went to Neverland. I'm just, I just like, want you to, I just want you to acknowledge what, it. Cause the second verse is, is more intimate. Like in the second verse, they're in the act now. Can I point I'm out that it was saying, written by yes, an English guy? Yes. What would you expect from them? <laughs> Except crafty, crafty seduction. Not, no sex, and please. Analogies no. of monster movies yeah. to having sex. So, Michael, we're going to do a thing like, yes. you know, it's going to be like called Thriller, right? Yes. It's going to be like monsters, but like, not really monsters. But kind of like boarding it's about school, pants, you know, where we would go. I'm saying pants, I usually say trousers. I mean, right? seriously, you, you guys don't see any any possibility in this. <laughs> Have you ever read Evelyn Waugh? No possibility. Sort of like, <laughs> you don't buy the theory at all. No. Boy. So do you think this no. is just a song about monsters? No. I mean, watch. Yeah, I think it's a song about monsters <laughs> because I don't think there's that many layers to the to the British guy who wrote this. Not what? Michael Jackson, the British guy. Yeah. And by the way, can I point out something about the record that's Tell probably me. not mentioned in the liner notes of the 25th anniversary edition? Do you know Eddie Van Halen never got paid for that solo? Not even once. It made. Is that right? One take. It. And he was wasted. It's one take. Also, he didn't do that much work. And Quincy Jones called him and asked him to come down. <laughs> It was yeah. the same thing where Michael called him and he was like, fuck you. And I didn't think it was him. Yeah. And hung up like 15 times. Then Quincy Jones is like, get down there and do the thing. And he does the solo like one afternoon and never, yeah. and like kind of forgets to get paid. <laughs> and there's never, yeah. like well, doesn't even complain about it. Participating in that project And is say a, is like, I deserve some of those royalties. It's an honor. Like, I mean, who gets to, yeah. who gets that? <laughs> without, the, without that it's solo, great. that song is not as good. Yeah. I mean, it's good for all of it's us. It's not as good. Yeah. I mean, he makes that song. Yeah. Because he tried to do it later with Dirty Diana with Screaming Stevie Stevens on yeah. guitar, and it just didn't yeah. work. Nope. It's yeah. not the same, you know? Dirty Diana's not a great song, huh? You know? And they changed the lyrics. I was, it was originally called Dirty Dan um, about a kid that was at the local uh, uh, gymnasium that he met. And then they're like, Mike, just call it Diana. And he's like, why? Blanket. And then they just said, fuck it. Oh, it. God. Fine. Lyri whatever you want. The lyrics to this Mr. song Carousel. literally, literally say, I'm going to, I'm going to thrill you. Carousel. I'm going to thrill you tonight. In fact, at one point, I even, I even think yeah, I yeah. hear well, him saying, little... I'm going to drill you. I, I'm, you're you're fighting for your life. No, no, you're no. fighting Michael for Jackson your life never, inside that's a not. thriller, driller tonight. He says that. That is a thing. This is a song about Yo. sexual intercourse by Michael Jackson, and he slid it under the mm -hmm. radar, and you didn't even know. Even now, you're fighting it. But he turns into a werewolf I mean, at the end. Like that is a that is a standard <laughs> yeah. like cliche in the comics. The werewolf, he's chasing the tail. And, he, and, and look at how he turns into the werewolf. She mm. screams. He says, hey, what's going on? What's wrong? Oh, don't worry. I'll take you home. And then he Blink looks over his shoulder and he's got the wolf eyes because I'm going to get him. That's the story. Yeah. That is what's happening yeah. here. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to get him. Her. Listen, I'm not Whatever. saying that. I'm not. Listen, yeah. all I'm saying is I'm right about this and it's obvious. Listen. And that's all. Now we yeah. can move on from here, but this was important material that's, and I'm glad we got it out of I the mean, way. Yeah. This is an important start. I mean, all, everyone listening to this has heard the hot takes. That's right. Within minutes of Joe Biden's speech. 
they have not heard the hot takes. But a record <laughs> 40 years 35 old. years old. 40, 40 years, years old this old. year, right? Um, yeah. And still amazing. Old. Still great. I think so. It's 82. 83. 82, yeah. Yeah. Next year was it 80, was 82? Yeah. Yeah. Really? It was 82? Ooh, yeah. man. Oh, God. Is John Landis still alive or he died? I don't know. I, Is that right? He's the one who did the video, right? I think we finally killed him off. I think we finally it's killed him, yeah. I think John Landis, I think we did the video. Retribution for... Um, Twilight or, or what? Oh, he was. Oh, that's right. With Vic Morrow. Yeah. Oh my God! The helicopter crash almost killed his career, but did kill actually <laughs> his actors. Yeah. But, uh, fa- yeah, that was a the phallus. So let's talk about the phallus stenches in Morrow. the air. <laughs> like, we're really, we're the really up to date on this thousand years. <laughs> the phallus stenches in the air. Come on, <laughs> man. The phallus stench. I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh my lord! I know what that smell this is, is Vincent Price. This Your is, body starts what, to shiver. What, this is really on the on the news cycle. We're gonna talk about Maybe. app scam next. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. Um, Ooh, man, oh man, right. oh man. So uh, Michael, Joe Biden, did you take in the uh, Dark Brandon speech? The uh... so I did. Um, mm-hmm. I, I turned it on the middle. It was funny because like uh, I had to right at the end. I had to run outside quickly um, and I'd grab something. And I came back in. And he was like, thank you. <laughs> the last bit, let's just start. Let's, let's make this the, the, like uh, a Martin Amos novel and go backwards. He, at the end, he was like, you know, God bless America. God bless everything. Uh, uh, thank you. Good night. Democracy. He literally Democracy. just said the word yeah. at the end. He was like, democracy, just in case you forgot what this entire speech was about. But I did hear there was so, it was a very odd speech. And there was one particular thing where he's connecting a bit about living standards and free trade and things. And then he says white nationalism mm-hmm. within a breath. And I was mm-hmm. like, that was when I turned it on. And then I went back and listened to like rewound it. But that was like not an auspicious start at the beginning. He was like, you know, we're going to create jobs. Do you, do you have the line in front I of I have you? it. It's right. You, it, Cause it's very jarring. Uh, he didn't really pause so in between the two me. sentences. So it's like, no pause. The, the future will be made in America, no matter what the white supremacists <laughs> yeah, yeah, extremists yeah. say. And it's like, wait a second. Yeah. So you just did a xenophobe yeah. and then yeah. like put it like, it doesn't but, make any sense. But what so he was, I, like, what, he, what he was white nationalists. Up, he was winding oh, so up. So they were uh, not connected. Uh, they weren't. It was like no matter what the white supremacists <laughs> say, I made a bet on you, the American people. Because <laughs> he was like, it's going to be made in America, and no that matter bet, what the white supremacists say. Because yeah, they're all be like, you know, I hate the fucking Jews, and I wish this thing hysteria <laughs> was made in China because I don't like that it's made in Iowa. I mean, like, last time I looked, white supremacists were pretty cool tariffs, Joe. Uh, and that bet is they paying off, them. proving that from the darkness, the darkness of Charlottesville. Of COVID, of gun it's violence, incredible. and insurrection, it's incredible. We can see the light is he, now visible. So he mentions he mentions sentence. this this laundry list of kind of conservative adjacent awfulness that has taken place, and in some cases, it's kind of the specter of things that might happen. Folks who are are putting into place the MAGA Republicans. Republicans. Um, yeah. I guess not the semi fascists today. Is that the phrase that he coined? Which doesn't mean anything. Um, (laughs) But the MAGA Republicans. (laughs) Like when you have degrees on a political scale, by the way, if there's degrees, they're they're just different ideologies. 
<laughs> you know, it's like there's not a semi-fascist. There's like maybe like a corporatist or something or some other ideology, but like well, semi-fascist. They did, I mean, they make asked about this in the in the press conference, and the White House had been defending semi-fascists for a while. Like, yeah, no, no. I mean, semi-fascists. I mean, these people are semi-fascists, but they didn't use that phrase tonight, which is, I suppose, instructive. They've moved away from it, which I guess that's a good thing. They just they just what use semi-fascist <laughs> lighting. Um, I mean, it's you've probably seen the picture if you're listening to this already. Uh, but oh yeah, like, the uh, Lenny Riefenstahl picture. It's but, but how stunning! How, yeah. uh, just like dark blood red backdrop of Independence Hall. You see two like Marines in the background, um, and one of them's got a weird like light uh, emanating from his, from his belt hands. buckle or from his yeah. hands uh, around his uh, furtive waistband, uh, and uh, and Biden looks all snarly. Uh, it ju- it really looks like bloody and bad. It looks like uh, you know what George Lucas would do in the third trilogy if he was a- able to direct it or something like that. Like, oh, this is the this is George the dark Lucas side. who really who did do a, a almost shot by shot uh, Triumph of the Will at the beginning of um, Star Wars. Like, legitimately yeah. did you know? Mm-hmm. And it he has does. that kind of vibe to it. And you know, I guess the I guess it's the semi bit <laughs> of the semi fascism. The aesthetics great, of fascism. What's great is that. So I mean, he's got the Marines there. The Marine Corps band is playing there. He's doing this lighting. He's uh, giving a speech that is supposed to be a presidential speech. They asked for the airtime <laughs> on all the speech. networks and got none. <laughs> they got C- they got CNN and they yeah, got I think MSNBC. And and like was just like d- dropping lines about the Inflation Reduction <laughs> Act and you know this infrastructure and the other this is campaign speech. Um, and so when people would point this out, I'm like, gosh, that seems a little bit creepy and inappropriate to have that kind of theatrical using the power mm-hmm. of the office uh, staging. Everyone's like, both sidesism! Stop with the both sidesism! How is that both sidesism? Because it's if you like, mention I, that... Maybe, the, maybe his campaign should pay for this and not the American taxpayer. If you that? mention that, that means sidesism? that you don't appreciate fully, even though you mm-hmm. haven't made a comment on no, it, well, how uh, often... MAGA Republicans. Republicans. That's how the concept we're of both sidesism going, going has, has <laughs> rotted people's brains. Like... The same people who, like, you know, uh, rightly in, in many cases, and I was joining them talking about the various ways that Trump and and MAGA Republicans um, uh, trashed the norms that we have in this republic. Um, when you bring it up that when Biden's trashing the norms in the name of fighting MAGA Republicans, they're like, oh, let's see, that's you centrists. You know, you just journalists are, are both sighting all over again. It's like, or you could stop yourself trashing norms in the name of protecting them like it's it shouldn't be that hard it's it's the whole speech was an expression and we see this over and over again and sadly i've just marinated myself in margaret sullivan's latest book which i wrote a review of for reason that'll go up eventually um but like this concept that we've talked a lot about on the show of people who drop the good habits in the name of rising to the challenge of defeating the agents of semi-fascism who are trying to plunge us into darkness um, and they don't see what they're doing. And it's really, really unconvincing to everybody except for the bullshit historians who went and had lunch with Biden three weeks ago in the White House and for a whole bunch of journalists uh, and people who love the phrase moral clarity, which Biden used tonight. Um, be they're like, you know, gosh, if we just have the right speech, mm-hmm. everything's going to change and it won't. And people are going to forget about this. It's starting with the president in, in less than a week. Uh, and it was crap. What do these people think about the 70 odd million 
people who voted for Donald Trump. Because when you're <laughs> saying, you know, semi-fascist and the MAGA Republicans, anybody who voted for Donald Trump, and there's been two elections and I didn't vote for him in either of them, um, anybody, but anybody who did can say, well, I guess he's talking about me. You know, I did pull the lever for the guy. You know, I mean, I guess there's some people who maybe did it the first election, but not the second. Biden but still did a- say, he did say uh, somewhere early in the speech, and then he dropped the concept later, but that not everyone who voted for mm. Trump, um, you know, but he was trying to hide it. just does not fly with anyone it, yeah. who did. Not even, I'm not even talking about people who are ideological, but the most obvious thing to anyone who watched that speech, you don't have to be political at all. You don't have to be, pay attention to politics, but you can't help but note the incongruity of the two thoughts of that we really need to come together. And by the way, these people are Nazis and fascists. And there are 70 million of them or 60 odd million of them that voted for somebody who's a racist, a fascist, who hates democracy. And, you know, again, it's like, must I do the throat clearing that I'm not a fan? And, you know, there's lots of podcast hours that you can listen to that would suggest that. But I, I, when somebody is so terrible and just, you know, flouts the norms in the way that Donald Trump does, the number of people who have actually said, okay, this this gives me license to be a Mm -hmm. professional hysteric. Say, well, you know, I mean, look at January 6th. Okay, look at January 6th. How many people participated in January 6th? And in the worst possible way, not just the rally, the ones who went to the Capitol, into the building, et cetera, and actually had those delusional views that they were going to try to stop um, the certification of an election. Is that a true threat? Is that a real threat? I mean, that's just an honest question. I mean, I don't think that's something that anybody grapples with because most of the people who are on that side say, well, it's so transparently a threat. Well, I don't actually think that's true because it's not true. You can convince me that maybe it was, a real threat to to the foundations of American democracy that survived so much over hundreds of years, but could not withstand this in these like half wits with like Holocaust t-shirts on, you know, putting their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk and taking her laptop. I mean, I'm not, it's not just to, to play it down, but I, you know, it's very, very serious. And we saw today, somebody got 10 years for throwing a punch or, 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 you know, pepper spraying or something, a cop, 10 years, that's a lot, that's a long time. And so it is being treated very seriously by the courts and by, by people who are observing, you know, the January 6th committee and the rest of it. But we do have to take a half step back and say, okay, if the president wanted this, let's say the darkest things that we think about Donald Trump, which of course he was reveling in this, he loved every minute of it. And this is what's um, horrible about him and horrible about that day. But let's be honest and say, what are the odds? And people say, oh, it's, we were just a, you know, a, you know, half a breath away from a, a, like a sort of Latin American coup in America. I just don't buy it. Well, I think I the, just don't see how the argument, it happens. The argument is the threat isn't the people in the Capitol building as much as it is the Republicans who did not, who voted against certifying the election. And so if you have half yep. the Republican caucus and I don't have the numbers in front of me, uh, whatever it I was, think it's probably more than that. Yeah. Um, that didn't vote. So under threatened duress and, and fearing their own base, they didn't do the normal thing of certifying yeah. the transfer of power. That is a threat or, uh, electing, you know, in the case of the Pennsylvania governor, um, a Republican candidate for governor, electing people who say that the 2020 election was 
illegitimate and stolen. Well, good for them. We have we have campaign. courts, and the courts didn't certify any of this in any like Trump appointed. Uh, 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 judges. I mean, they kept pushing this, and, and one got through on a technicality out of how many hundred. I mean, it's just the courts That's, are pretty robust when it one, comes to One this of stuff. the things about the speech tonight that was so frustrating is that you could actually make a case that was a bit you know, bone chilling or at least somewhat alarming mm -hmm. by being specific. That's exactly that's He was exactly not right. specific. He was just extreme yes. MAGA ideology. Yeah, yeah. Never talked about the ideology. Um, mm -hmm. Like this, if, if you're being specific about democracy, you might say, and by the way, that's why we have this law that has been proposed and the bill's kicking around on Capitol Hill that will do these following things to protect the certification of elections. That wasn't talked about. He could have mentioned and should have in a speech like this, and it wouldn't have required that much, uh, pointed out that Donald Trump today, today, Donald Trump said that if he was president again, which he never fucking will be, and I'm no. comfortable making that prediction. <sighs> Um, that he, that he would, I will, I'll do it. I'll do it. No comment. Uh, and happy to explain why, um, that he, uh, will, would pardon everybody and, and issue an apology to everyone who's prosecuted, uh, as far as January 6th. That's a problem that, that, that is something worth talking about. Talk about the specific thing. Um, that is an actual threat. He didn't want to do that. Um, there was a, a woman from Open Secrets who pointed out in, right in the wake of the speech, and she probably had this tweet at the ready, but pointed out, like, after all this highfalutin talk about protecting mm -hmm. democracy and driving out all these election deniers no and plans. truthers, no it should be pointed out that Democrats spent $44 million in this election cycle, in the 2022 election cycle, basically bouncing Peter Meyer uh -huh. and people like that and, and backing um, uh, actual election deniers and people that we were supposed to be super uh -huh. scared about. So yeah, you could be specific about this, but he didn't want to be. It's almost as if he wanted to say MAGA Republicans and Trump over and over and over and over and over again, because um, not because he wants to dull the popularity of Donald Trump among certain audiences is that it's like, that's a comfortable thing to run against. Um, and I don't like that whiff of cynicism about this exercise. Uh, see, the thing is, what you're saying about that tweet and what Democrats did with uh, Peter, uh, that is kind of how I think about Republicans in this, too. I, f I find this, you know, voting against the certification election just purely a cynical move when they're just looking at poll numbers and say, well, I guess people are on Trump's side and he's, do he's doing a successful job of of ginning up um, skepticism about the election. I mean, but not really, by the way. I mean, you know, if there were, you would, if people believed this and it was actually truly so, one would imagine that people would be on the streets every day as they are in countries where elections are actually stolen, but they're not <laughs> because they don't really, but it's part of the, the kabuki theater of, of politics. And yeah, I don't find that that's acceptable, but it is a thing that it exists, exists and I don't want to go to a place in which I say it's all falling apart because of this. And I think that, you know, the reason I don't think it's all falling apart is because I don't, I don't trust any of these Republicans who are actually coming on and, and signing up uh, for this because I don't think they actually believe it. And the number of people, like Peter will tell you mm -hmm. this, and a number of other Republicans have told me this in the past, the number of people on Capitol Hill that say, you know, the sotto voce thing that like, this guy's a fucking psycho, but I'm just going along to get along. And do I think the people who go on to get along and when they're pushed into that absolute position, like Mike Pence, I mean, the guy serving, a, you know, he is a flunky for Trump as the vice president. Uh, and, you know, even still now, 
but he couldn't beat Bush and that because none of these people were like this before. The Nazis didn't become Nazis in January 1933 or like November 1932 when there was another election. They'd been Nazis for 10 years. You know, they'd been part of this. These people are cynical. They're, they're trying to ride this Trump thing. And I think that after Trump, there is no Trump. I think that Ron DeSantis is not is going to try to get as Trumpy as he can to get Trump out of the way. And then I think he's going to, I mean, Andrew Sullivan wrote something about this I thought was pretty interesting. I didn't agree with all of it. But, you know, I don't, I think that Ron DeSantis, if Trump gets hit by a bus tomorrow, is going to be a pretty different hmm. character. You think so? I, I, th- I don't think he's going to be one that hmm. people love. I just think that the, the, the MAGA stuff is something that people are like, I, I don't want to have this guy breathing down my throat. I don't want all of his psychotic um, followers who literally will go to the Capitol and fucking storm it. I mean, not many of them, but enough to, you know, be terrifying and to attack police and to, you know, just someone got shot and killed. I mean, this is psychotic behavior. It is psychotic behavior. But if that were you know, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 Trump supporters, I'd be a little more nervous. And I think that one of the reasons I know that I'm going to get a million fucking emails about not taking this seriously enough, but what does it for me is the fact that there's so many fucking opportunists in this that were like, you know, I was sitting in a history department somewhere being unloved. And then all of a sudden I'm on TV all the time. All of a sudden I have a best-selling book. You know what? Fuck this. I'm not going to be a historian anymore. I am just going to feed this beast for people who were lying on networks where they were just telling you that Trump was an agent of Russia for four years. Every night, there was gonna be, this was gonna be the thing every night. It's like, excuse the cynicism that comes in the other direction too. Like, I hate all of you, but you, they, these people did not cover themselves in glory in the past four years. They just didn't. I mean, Trump is a, is a disgrace and always will be a disgrace. And I'll, I'll, I he's not going to be president. I agree with Matt. Well, I don't I have don't, a prediction on who will or will not be president. I do think that Donald Trump is far less popular than he's been at other periods. Like the favorability ratings um, in the polling that I've seen don't don't necessarily bode well for him to the extent Republicans are insisting that he ought to be the nominee. I suspect it's that dynamic that happens when there just isn't a, a sort of clear favorite other than the guy who's kind of the most prominent dude in the party. Um, but maybe it's something else. I'm not entirely sure. In either case, talking specifically about kind of the substance of this speech, and I'm using that word with some generosity, um, the this speech opens um, early on with uh, Biden kind of detailing the various awfulness of MAGA Republicans. He talked about them hating the right to choose, the right to privacy, the right to marry who you want to marry. Um Certainly some some references to abortion there uh, suggested, uh, uh, obviously, a reference to, to gay marriage, which not sure all of that is terribly credible, but at any rate, this is part of it. Um, but beyond that, for, for some sure of enough them, for some people. Sure. It's not some uh, obviously something that Donald Trump is interested sure. in, but maybe, maybe so. In either case, this is some of this is kind of the operation of the courts, and it's somewhat ironic that later on he talks about kind of respect for the Constitution. Um, and the denigration of the courts um, and decisions that are coming out of the Supreme Court, whether or not you like them, um, I don't know. But I think more important than that um, are the fact that having a conversation about the kind of specter of political violence seems totally appropriate to me, and having it in a very sober way, in a thoughtful way, in a context that isn't obviously a part of a campaign speech um, would have probably been preferable. 
Uh, more than that, like finding a way to yeah. actually make this bipartisan as his his um, allies were suggesting he would and reporting about this speech beforehand. Um, but none of that seemed credible. And he certainly didn't deliver on that. As you mentioned, Matt, the fact that he goes all the way back to 2017 and references Charlottesville and in the midst of all of that, couldn't be bothered to mention, you know, the guy who the year prior to that took aim at a baseball field full of Republicans, um, who was inspired in large part by the same kind of like absurd like demagoguery that is kind of part and parcel of, part and parcel of our politics now. Didn't bother to mention the fact that just this past June, Supreme Court justices were targeted and harassed, and someone actually tried to murder um, Justice Kavanaugh. Um, he didn't talk about the fact that just last year, he had <laughs> one of the least reported stories of 2022. <laughs> Somebody was yeah, arrested on a street. Parasisms. <laughs> I mean, with a gun. Violent, mostly peaceful protests all across the country. And the, the full-on expectation that there would be outright violence in cities across America if the election went in Donald Trump's favor. Like, those are real things that, in fact, happened that the president of the United States doesn't bother to mention in a speech about political violence that he insists is bipartisan, um, where he insists that there are, you know, kind of a broad category of problems that need to be addressed, but continually, more than a dozen times by my count, um, refers to MAGA Republicans as the as essentially the principal threat to America. Again, but your prescription drug prices are lower, so maybe it's all going to be fine after all. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, about he's prescription not wrong, drug prices, by the way. And this is going to be the thing that <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> no, he's not wrong in the sense that, like, you know, I don't. I think that I leave the impression, if you just heard the first bit of what I said, that I don't think this is a big deal. I do think it's a big deal. The difference is, is I don't think they can win. I don't think there's any avenue for people who are psychotic Trump supporters and who are violent. And there are, in, in, you know, your point is well taken, Camille, that it's a, that is a bipartisan thing that he didn't mention. But let's just, you know, silo off the Republican MAGA violence. And that's a thing, right? And it's something to be fearful of because well, what about the happened, midterms, right? And there are people who talk about, which is, well, which is he, the so obvious concern. I, this is the, the weird thing, right? Point. Like, this is why this is happening right now. Yeah, well, I it should be the concern concern for Republicans now. The red wave looks like it's maybe maybe cresting mm-hmm. uh, before the election. But my my thing about this is when somebody says semi-fascist and all these like hyperventilating things, which by the way mm-hmm. encourages violence, right? I mean, you're absolutely justified in taking up arms um to fight against fascism because fascism is a dirty, horrible ideology that wrecked, you know, millions of lives in the <laughs> past century. So, yeah, I mean, that, if that's actually happening, then grab your fucking musket, because if we're in a fascist state, I don't want to live semi-fascist. there. Semi-fascist. You want to take a shot at trying to here, define that? Well, I guess it's like, yeah, they, I, I, get, I mean, they kind of make the trains <laughs> run on time. Like, some of them are late. I don't know. Like, Did one hand just join semi-antifa? That's, that's kind well, of what I'm I, look, I, fascism is bad, and it's always been bad. And these people who are, are out there being violent or suggesting violence um, are bad. But, like, this is a very, very basic thing, is that to say that our institutions have been robust in that I don't think panic is the necessary kind of political direction that we should be going in right now 
to say that is to be like a reactionary and be like, why are you excusing? And I'm not excusing anything. I'm acknowledging exactly what's happening. But I just don't believe that this is something that we should panic about because Charlottesville happened, right? And there was like enough crazy fucking stupid Nazis and one of them kills a, a, a young woman um, who's there as a, mm-hmm. a counter-protester, their counter-protester observer, yeah. not, not one of them, counter-protester. And that happened in 2017. And, you know, all the conversation we've had about this in the podcast in the past, you know, Trump supposedly giving a green light and saying everybody's good, there's good people on both sides, whatever. Um, we've already been through that. But what's interesting is that, you know, proud boys stand back, stand <laughs> up, stand to the side. You know, Trump's just, you know, mumbling. And I, I don't think he actually meant stand by for violence, proud boys. I actually don't think that he meant that. Um, he's just being an idiot. But after uh, Charlottesville, it's not as if there was one of these a week, right? One of these a month, one of these a year even, because that is the thing. When you compare Mm -hmm. things historically to previous historical events, you have to see the number of events that were violent that ended in death in pre-fascist governments. Mm -hmm. And there were hundreds, hundreds a year. Sometimes there were hundreds that died in a month and this happened one time, it was awful, it was discussed mm-hmm. ad nauseum, and we're still discussing it now, it's still brought up in speeches now, and it was a blot on, you know, the nation's modern, you know, contemporary history. I don't think anyone would deny that, unless you're a fucking Nazi. But where do we go from that? Because guess what, people? It is politically advantageous for people to be very cynical and to very cynically take advantage of this and say, they're around every corner. It's go- I mean, That's just, mm-hmm. he's speaking to them, whispering, and it's mm-hmm. in code and it's going to happen. I just don't see it. Let's Maybe I'm re- blind. Let's remember what the last two months have been like for MAGA Republicans. It's been their worst two months, arguably, um, mm. in seven years of them being ascendant on the stage, Right. As uh, Moynihan was pointing out, the red wave seems to have crested. The abortion issue turns out to have kind of motivated a lot of people mm-hmm. who don't agree with- Sarah Palin lost last In night. Alaska. Sarah Sir, Palin just yes. lost. Sir MAGA. Mama MAGA. Yes. Uh, the first Democrat, what, in 50 crazy. years? Dr. Oz cannot, cannot beat a stroke victim in Pennsylvania, which at this point is more Republican than Democratic mm-hmm. state. Blake Masters is like scrubbing his website furiously of various past positions because it looks like he can't win in Arizona. Imagine a Republican not being able to win in Arizona, um, but that can happen if the quality of the candidates are not high. Um, so they're having a pretty bad time. Meanwhile, Trump himself, it's worth mentioning, has been having some trouble with the law. Um, that uh, doesn't make him look good, um, doesn't make people who defend him look good. As per usual, the people who are like the first line of defense end up looking awful. Lindsey Graham looks like one of, uh, you know, another weekly daily reminder that he's one of the worst single sitting politicians. Can I ask a question about him, man? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that Lindsey Graham, who the president attacked um, (laughs) at a press conference the other day, um, what, you know, his comment about rioting and stuff, yeah. Um, I didn't yeah, see him have. say it. I just read it. And that actually can be the difference. But isn't it kind of a Biden-like position in a way to say mm-hmm. that people would riot if Donald Trump was indicted? 
is it an encouragement of it or is it just a because I worried that that would happen It certainly too. didn't sound like, like and, directions. And I don't, I don't remember. Me. It didn't sound like directions. It sounded like a like a dark no. prophecy. Uh, either way, like um, it's uh, that uh, there could I be an anti-Trump point that these people are so. I don't think overwhelmed that Lindsey Graham is making anti-Trump yeah. points. It's been a really, <laughs> yeah. it's been a really that. long time since Lindsey Graham no, no, was in, yeah. making an anti-Trump point uh, of view. So I do not give him yeah. the benefit of the doubt here. I think I think that he's trying to invoke the specter in the similar way to Trump when he sent the letter to Merrick Garland saying, you know, like. A lot of people saying out there, I wish I could do Jamie Foxx's impersonation of Trump. <laughs> oh my so God. Good. So good. Go so find good. it, people. Uh, so it's been a bad little time right now for MAGA Republicans. It's a weird time to talk about the unique threat of someone. One of the reasons why I, I feel confident in predicting that Trump's not going to win, a poll came out that's mm. consistent with past polls, but it struck me um, uh, among independents, I think the split was 66 to 32 of independents like don't want him to run like just please yeah. fucking don't run um and yeah. trump only became the president because he could fight independents to a draw in a question about hillary clinton who's a very dislikable candidate and had a lot of problems with her candidacy in 2016 and from that moment on uh trump's support among independents just plummeted and stayed there and you can't win the presidency at this point um especially if you're an unpopular white men deeply divisive person <laughs> right. if you that don't the thing. win independence and independents hate him they don't like him at all they don't like joe biden either but they hate donald trump that's kind of a problem so it's a weird time to burnish their credentials and to camille's point which i think is the ultimately the most damning one in terms of joe biden's speech is that he said a couple of times categorically like we reject all political violence ever, ever, ever. I think he might have even said something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, and then also, um, and also you can't love your country mm -hmm. only when you win elections. Baseless, evidence-free claims of fraud are terrible. They don't accept that they lost. Okay. Can we think at all of any popular yeah. Democrat? Can we just like rack our brains <laughs> of someone who don't accept that they lost, who make baseless evidence free or evidence light uh claims of fraud yes we can we absolutely can <laughs> just as we, uh, yes Saints, just as we Saints. can think of without without yeah. stretching our brain muscles too much um of you know how many consecutive months of political violence in portland oregon carried out in the name of anti-fascism that have taken place and have kind of messed up uh what uh has been previously a pretty interesting american city um it doesn't cost you too much to point that out. And it's also more persuasive. It, it, it demonstrates that you're serious about the point. Similarly to him saying, um, as you know, uh, I'm sure all the historians that hung out with him and all of the media critics who just love that he's calling the liars, liars, you know, he's, they don't live in the light of truth, but the shadow of lies, you can see all the Jay Rosen high fives. Um, this today, today, the white house press spokeswoman, Camille doesn't like very much for some reason, um, uh, came out and said that uh, in, in response to questioning about, because there's a, a lot of stories about huge study uh, showing just the massive, horrifying uh, learning loss that has taken place over the last a couple mm. of years in reading and math in the United States because of the way that um, we bungled school policy during the pandemic. 
Um, and she was asked about this and, uh, you know, a pointed question, like, what does the president say about, like, maybe he bungled this up? And she said, no, it was Republicans who were most responsible for um, the uh, keeping schools closed. Oh, um, and it was only, and it was, she said this. Yeah, it was Democrats. I saw you. Wasn't incredible. Uh, it's Democrats because they passed the, you know, the $130 billion for this and did that and the other thing that they saved the day. That's just a lie. Um, I mean, you can you can wrap your brain around it and say, okay, she's conflating certain things that happen on the federal level. But largely speaking, there are plenty of bar charts out there that are coded in blue and red, and you can see them of which states had the most closed and which states had the most open schools. Democrats are closed. Republicans are open. That's just how it went down. You don't have to think about it too hard. This is just how it, would it be, happened. Yeah, it would be something that Republican, Republicans could do instead of focusing on fucking the 2020 election would be maybe to point out things like this and, you know, you know, talk about sort of more kitchen table issues. Um, cause that, you know, I think that that's something that independents care about and you might check out polling and see that independents do care about stuff like that to the point about Portland and the violence there, which has been wildly underplayed by people mm -hmm. just because it was so consistent. It was like every night for, you know, a year plus, I mean, it was crazy you know, federal buildings being attacked, people quitting the police force, uh, police being attacked, people being killed, like people being killed. You know, there is a killing, there's a killing, a, repul a repulsive killing in Charlottesville. There were people mm -hmm. being killed in Portland too. And people being killed because of the activism we see the other day of a group that is, you know, bailing people out because they don't think people should be, and the person who's bailed out immediately goes and kills his, his wife. Like within- As totally predicted by as all of his behavior. As predicted by all of his behavior and he said he was going to do it too so there i mean it's not as if the political extremism and the political violence that we saw there or we do continue to see there doesn't actually have real world consequences i mean january 6th is terrifying as a vision of what mm -hmm. these people believe the election was certified and we have a biden presidency Oh, you know, they're going to have, uh, what's his, Doug Mastromonaco, is that his name, is Mastriano or whatever, oh in Pennsylvania, who's a complete psycho, like just a legitimate psycho. And like, oh, we found a picture of him from, you know, a college or something in a, in a Confederate uniform. And like, that actually is the least of his problems. <laughs> I mean, just read the things the guy has said and the, the uniform, you know, just goes to the back of your mind immediately. Um, but, you know, the stuff that happens, it provokes this enormous, enormous uh, conversation uh, congrats, the Congress, obviously it's a, it's the, it's the presidential election. It's a national scale, but we do actually ignore a lot of this violence in other places and the actual consequences it's had. I mean, people leaving these cities because they, they're no longer livable cops quitting their jobs in which they've been, you know, presumably we're going to stay for, for, for long. They cannot keep the peace in places because why bother? Who's going to join that police force? I mean, probably the worst people are going to join that police force now. People who want to punch hippies, that kind of that kind of thing. But it's like that is an. It's so really, bad, Michael. <laughs> oh my God, they are. I I I put an application in. They said no. Exactly. Felony. They the, my felony. I couldn't couldn't do it. I said when Michael invited me over to Neverland, I didn't know it was going to go down that day. Blanket. Blanket. Okay, you. You only get one. That's Portland. the last one. I'm not going to allow any more of this denigration oh, of Michael Jackson. Portland. <laughs> Antifa. The anti-fascists.
Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore because I've been drinking wine. But I just I think that like it, it's not paid attention to in the way that it should be. And all of it is bad. And we're encouraging it. And every in the, the act of discouraging this stuff is encouraging it. I'm sorry to say, but you know, telling people that we're in a, a place in which American democracy is on the precipice is something that should encourage violence. And I use that mm -hmm. word advisedly, should. Mm -hmm. It's something to protect. How do you protect something when there's well, armed gangs of Nazis? That's just You it. arm I mean, yourself. If, if the president needs to give kind of this urgent emergency speech from Philadelphia for whatever reason, like I would expect there to be some specific call to action, some initiative that's being launched to combat extremism. And there was nothing. It was just come together, vote for me. Come together, it's vote politics. for me. No, there, there was one late, late in the speech, Camille, yeah. and I'll quote it directly. Vote, <laughs> vote, vote. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Which, by the <laughs> way, is illegal to vote three times. I'm sorry, Joe. Sure yeah, is. You're ballot stuffing. Yeah, they're going to steal yeah. another election. Yes. You're cheating. They're um, going to steal and, another and election. Also, and also, <laughs> the, the, the election some... is likely to be stolen. <laughs> Go ahead. We were, right. we were told that. The mules. That they're preparing right now to steal the election, which, again, irony, whatever. It doesn't matter. Some places. It's not um, easy to do, by the way. Uh, the, uh, the, I think that that actually is a window into what a large subtext of this is. And I'm not being cynical when I point this out. I do not think, um, it is odd to not have a specific call of action of like, what can we do to strengthen the institutions of democracy so that if another bad thing happens, we'll be able to withstand it. That's though, that's an important bet, bet question. On America? Keeps me up yeah. at night if I wasn't so drunk, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> But that's not what this was about at all. Uh, but what back, would that be? Uh, it would be it would be strengthening. Uh, I mean, there, there are a couple of laws that have to do with the uh, I forget the name of the Election Count Act. Um, uh, and there's been various writing about it that it's been pretty good. Andy Craig has written about this pretty well. Walter Olson has also written about this, like mm. uh, specific federal laws that can make it more difficult to engage in chicanery with the counting of federal elections. Um, and, and some of there's a couple of different uh, uh, interpretations or disputes about which one of the things that are proposed seems strongest, but Mitch McConnell is behind one of them. And that's yeah, kind of yeah. uh, broad bipartisan. I mean, and these things aren't bad. Any of it. Yeah. I mean, these things aren't bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, you wear a seatbelt, but there's also an airbag. I mean, this is extra protection, but at the same time, I don't want people to be under the impression that if this stuff was not going to pass, it would be easy mm -hmm. to steal an election. It is not. It Super is not hard. easy to fake, you know, to double count, to, you know, put somebody in charge who is going to, you know, monkey with stuff. It's not that easy. It's not just one guy can actually be like, okay, everyone get out of the room. <laughs> I'm going to change the vote tallies or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. There are things you can do to make it difficult, obviously. But when the difference now is that it's not as if, you know, in Putin's Russia, when you control all the levers of government, when you control all the levers of the media and information, this stuff, they, they still fake it, by the way. And so this video is actually of people like, like actually ballot stuffing, which is hilarious. It's like, why do you even need to do this? Like the, you can just make it up as you go. But like, it's not a simple thing to do. It's something to be vigilant against. But when you say it's a bit overstated, as I've been saying tonight, you're accused of like, you know, being a MAGA apologist or not taking this stuff seriously. I, I have no apologetics at all. What I am doing and what nobody else seems to be doing is pointing out that this is a purely political ploy. This is about winning elections. 
This is what Joe Biden was trying to do tonight. What was he doing? <laughs> Warning you? So you could do what? Show up at the polling place and like make sure everybody's uh, playing it straight? No, I mean, he's you could. doing something to create a, a environment that will make you go out and vote for his party. Which is fine. There's, that's what that's what politicians do. Okay. In in January sixth uh, of this year, there was a bunch of one year anniversary columns, especially among the media navel gazing class that I spent a little bit too much time paying attention to. And in those columns, in particular, uh, again, Margaret Sullivan was was writing about this. Uh, What's his face, uh, Michael Tomaski from uh, the New Republic, uh, a bunch of other people. Um, all used the moment to say that what we need is a democracy in peril. Uh, like desk or beat or just a democracy beat at all the major institutions and say, okay, um, I'm, Oh, what do you, you know, what does that mean? And, and, you know, of course what it means is that you have to be express a certain level of alarm when it's Republicans who are trying to elect people to uh, election certification commissions on the state level. And it's true. Some of the people like in Michigan and elsewhere that are uh, running for this are being pushed through are a bit nightmarish and who believe in the 2020 thing being stolen. And that actually is worth pointing out by name. Uh, what is not done by of these course, same people yeah. is to point out that there was a, uh, another side um, doing the exact same thing funded by George Soros, literally like 10, 15 years ago uh, the, for the same reasons in swing States. But aside from all of that, um, the whole attempt uh, from that kind of journalism uh, point of view was explicitly like, trying to make people think that the midterm elections, which back then looked worse for Democrats than they do right now, that the midterm elections themselves were a referendum on Trump and democracy. When in fact, in many cases, it's the first time a lot of people get to vote between a Democrat and Republican in a Trump-free environment in a hell of a long time. So they're trying to Trumpify an election because that's a way to rally a Democratic base and to kind of get your sense of like, oh, my God, a bad thing might happen. I need to have this nationalized sense of this election, even if um, it turns out that what you're voting on individually is something more like I'm really pissed off at the way that my Democratic mm -hmm. representatives handled the school question, which a lot of people are really pissed off about those things. So it is a deliberate attempt to nationalize and to Trumpify a midterm election that otherwise, at least up until the Dobbs decision, didn't have a lot going for it for Democrats. So there's mm -hmm. a cynicism behind this that I really fucking resent because I That's also share issue, yeah. Yeah. some of these mm -hmm. uh, concerns mm -hmm. about very yeah, sure. specific parts of this. And we didn't hear about that. We heard a, vote, vote, vote. Fuck you. Yeah, no, I was just going to say on a practical ahead, level, Kim, if I was giving bad advice to the Biden administration, it probably would have been give a speech like this, light it in this particular way, like conflate the the obvious like campaign appeals <laughs> with the, the preposterous, like over the top, one dimensional, <laughs> unidirectional concern about the sort of state of the polity. Just do all of those things. Um, especially, <laughs> they must have poll internal. I don't know if they do right? because I haven't seen anything external that suggests crazy that this is the precise thing that you yeah. want to do if you want to try to win the election. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I say internal because I haven't so seen it. It's bananas. Yeah, it, I mean, you should have come in like Tommy Lee, like in like a spinning <laughs> drum set, like just come down and then landed without like without a shirt on and then started screaming. But it's funny because you're talking about the media and and all of this. And the, the January 6th, like, anniversary. 
Um, who was the one that, I think I sent you guys somebody who, somebody who compared it to 9-11. Um, who was it? Yeah. Oh, it was Tim Snyder. Tim Snyder was like, this was oh. our 9-11. It's like, oh, I missed the 3,000 odd mm. people who died in the two global <laughs> wars that started after. You know, it was my 9-11. I missed it. Yeah. My 9-11 was, uh, my 9-11 was when I, when I went to the store the other day and they were just like, <laughs> were like out of everything. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like, I gotta get a sub stack and write oh about this is my 9-11. I, lo I love the, 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 the inflationary effect on 9-11 references. It's now totally <laughs> worthless. But, um, but to, to your point though, about journalists, you know what the most exciting thing in the world to do is and what the least exciting thing in the world to do is as a writer is write a piece that has that level of import that we are up against somebody trying to destroy. That's the ringing. Everybody wants to be a speechwriter. They all want yeah. to be like Arthur Schlesinger. They all want to, you know, write that like Kennedy speech, the Richard Goodwin speech that democracy is in peril. And that, I mean, you love writing that, right? Because you are ringing the bell, you're sounding the alarm, and it's going to go all over the place, and people are going to give you the slow clap, the end of the officer and a gentleman, mm -hmm. just going to like clap, oh my God, amazing, he cares about democracy, he's going to save democracy. It's boring, quotidian <laughs> nonsense to say, eh, if these people suck, and they're fucking liars and scumbags and fools. But you know, I think we'll get through mm. it. I think we'll get through it. And uh, here's why I think we'll get through it, because we've done so for many, many years in this country. And I think that we have a robust institutions that have proven themselves. And yeah, like as Matt said, you know, juicing it up in certain places to make sure that, um, you know, there's a little more oversight of some of these nutcases that are trying, watching Dinesh D'Souza <laughs> movies and then trying to, you know, become election commissioner of like Moronville, <laughs> uh, you know, Michigan. Um, there's nothing against there Michigan, by the way. There's a Moronville in every Apropos, state. It's like Springfield. There's always a Moronville. I mean, Upper Peninsula, is there anything but Moronville? Huh? In you Michigan? I mean, Upper they didn't Peninsula? vote for Peter. Well, they voted for Peter Meyer, which proves that there's Moronville. And then they didn't vote for him, which also proves <laughs> that they're all morons. <laughs> taking your chance on him it was, a, it was yeah. a big crazy. You look at Peter, you're like, I want to have a beer with this guy. I don't know. Should I put him in Congress? And then he does a great job. And then you're like, I could get rid of him. I'm like, man, you guys are fucking morons. Apropos of nothing, I, I would, I would like to Gabrielle talk about my favorite movie speech yeah, moment, totally. was, which He's is Denzel Washington and Malcolm X. And it's, it's the whole, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us, which is just great. Landed, it doesn't yeah, make sense, yeah, yeah. but it's great. He did it? Yeah, I like it. It doesn't a lot. make any sense. No. Yeah. Hit by a rock? What happened? I just think it's good energy. I was trying to tell tell Camille he needs to next time he goes down to do the NPR debate. Yeah, he's got to. Just yeah, lead no, no, that. that's a close. You close with that and close, you close with, with that. You stand up, you gesticulate yeah. wildly, you point at them in a in a weird kind of rubber band if, if way. If they don't yeah. know you, yeah, that's the thing. I, I want you to go to a room full of liberals mm -hmm. who don't know you, and then you go full like Denzel <laughs> or whatever uh yeah. uh and like you whip them up <laughs> go, make them stand up <laughs> go full fair yeah. make them stand up make them like recite. who was behind the slave trade i think you know some of you devils in this room know preach preacher <laughs> is he talking about wait is he talking about jewish people oh my goodness who is this man who did we get what is free think <laughs> How did that debate go? Oh, Tell no, us how it, it went, though. It went great. You, you, you did a good job? Fabulous. Everybody's I mean, happy? It was characteristically, uh, characteristically fabulous. Um, I, I think that that will be released. Well. 
Well, I mean, humble as always. I don't, I don't believe in false modesty. I mean, I'm really good. Really, what, really what good. Yeah. Are you squeezing yeah, a tube in your mouth? One yeah, hand, I'm like, like stuck in toothpaste. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah, no. that the I think that the audio sand? may be released from that. But it's a Don Rickles. So folks will be able to hear it later. So I won't. I won't steal my own thunder. Um, but no, I mean, I'm 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 really good at that mm. sort of thing. So it's, it's worth listening to. Did you have a partner yes, in this debate? Yes, I had a, a sparring partner. Who was um, your partner? See, no, oh, oh no! Oh, like no, on your no team, team. Just, just, like you and somebody else. Just the, the proposition. And who are you was, against? Um, is what glass job? What Peter <laughs> McNeely were you the, up against? He's a really nice guy. The proposition was: um, is is public radio still relevant? Which again, you're having this conversation at a public radio convention. These are people, people who, in many instances, these are these are lifers. Like their only job has been. Yeah. Like it's debate this. in Kremlin, and debate topic is yeah. Putin great leader. Is yeah. he very great leader? <laughs> it's like the public radio convention. They ask you to come in and yeah. piss all over public radio. Well, it's a gentleman named Eric Newsom. Eric is a really nice guy who was uh, previously at NPR and was responsible for creating a lot of programming there. Left there, went to Audible, has launched his own. Um, podcasting company that does a lot of work for a lot of prominent people. And, and we were quite friendly. And I thought he had a lot of interesting and important Meghan things to Markle. say. And there were some some profound points of agreement um, there. So we <laughs> didn't, we didn't talk about Meghan Markle. At all. But perhaps we should have. Maybe she's the most interesting person. You know, Don Lemon had a, I sent you that, he had a, a revelatory moment. Did he? About uh, Meghan Markle. I didn't see it. No, I didn't Did see, see that? that. I sent you that uh, thing. That he was like, <laughs> It was like, she was like, she said something like, I didn't think. Oh, about, yeah. You know, I saw that. Yeah. Or something until, and he was like, I can't. He was shocked by this. Um, and it reminded me of when I was talking about Meghan Markle and said something about her uh, being black and being in the royal family. And my daughter was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like Good question. Whatever that means. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So she, so she says. I, I, so it surprised says. me too. I didn't that's, know. That's the important thing. Yeah, Self-identifies that way. Yeah. She's I not thought she was from Calabria. There's <laughs> that ger- German gal that you sent us. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that hero. That's from like that a couple hero. of years ago though. That, that woman. Lady, right? Yeah, yeah, it's from. Oh, is it? Oh, too bad. Is she still alive? Is she still okay? Like injecting skin darkening pigments into her body. I imagine that she. There's a very good chance that she's dead. Um, between that and the large silicone, and she has these enormous breasts. Just yeah, does not look healthy. But she's brave. The funniest thing is, is she was. Yeah, she's brave. But she was doing the thing that Germans do in German, but she was doing it in English in an English interview. Where she was saying the word also, which is like a like a it's like a throat clearing thing. She was like, you know, I'm like I'm a black person, so like also also, and I was like, yeah. what language? The post what is was from October fourth, twenty seventeen, and it is a woman, uh, Martina oh, she, Big, she's um, who was quote this is the tweet was born <laughs> white, but now says that she is black. Yes, is race something that people can decide mm-hmm. to change? Um, and it, the funniest bit was not actually Martina, who is a brave hero um, for living her truth. Um, it was the commentator who was so distressed by this woman's determination to he be who she believes she is in her heart and to have her her body physically represent that. Yeah. He was disconcerted that she was not having the life experience of a black person, that she hadn't endured the struggle necessary to truly 
be black. This is a British um, British show. I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I don't know about that. British are never giving the Germans having the benefit extensive of recent history. That extensive body transformational surgery. A lot of commitment. A lot of struggle. A lot of suffering. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, like Rachel Dolezal. Darker than Camille's. Got a tan yeah, like, and got some curlers. Like she Her skin was Miles Davis. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, color. she was. That's so a rich, rich mahogany there. Um, the, the thing about it is we should, I'm going to ask for a ban on something. I think we should all band uh-oh. together and like do like a, like a band-aid, you know, we should record a song, like do they know it's Christmas or something, but like start, <laughs> uh, start a movement. And the movement should be against the news media putting mentally ill people on television Amen. for political points to make yeah. political right. points. There's so much of it. Like the woman clearly is mentally ill and this guy's like engaging her like she's normal. Like when someone is screaming at you in the bus about <laughs> aliens, you're not like, look, buddy, there are no aliens. Give me the proof. Like no, this guy's like shit in his pants and he's trying to stab you. Like, just be like, yeah. okay, he has a mental illness. Like, I saw this guy, um, there was this guy who was like a right-wing, uh, like, a, like a comedian, and he was like crazy right-wing, became like alt-right, and apparently he was on Joe Rogan and stuff. And the reason I came across this dude today was that Gavin McGinnis stunt yeah. thing, right? Yeah. About him getting arrested. And it yeah, was in the, the Daily Beast. And describe that, that you know, in 20 yeah, little, seconds little for people. He pretended that he got arrested on a live stream. And this he is Gavin, Gavin McGinnis, and I don't formerly of, the, purpose of it. Uh, the founder of the Proud Boys and the host of some sort of uh, yeah. live stream internet some show. Some internet now. show. So this Who? guy, do you know this yeah. guy named Owen Benjamin? Owen Benjamin. I know the name. I yeah. can't so tell he's, you what. So he's been on Joe Rogan as a comedian. He used to be on TV shows and everything. But he went like, Alt right, and there was a text exchange between the two of them, which he then released and said it was a, it was it was fake. Right, he didn't get arrested. So I didn't know who his own Benjamin guy was. So I started looking him up, and um, like the it, there's something wrong with him. Like the he has this live stream thing that he does. He's been kicked off of every platform, and you have to subscribe to it. But people posted on like BitChute, that uh, website. And uh, there's a Reddit for him. And it's one of those Reddits where it's taken over by people who hate him. <laughs> I think the Dave Rubin one was another one like that. It's like you have a Reddit and all the people on there just loathe you. And that's the, the whole theme of the Reddit. And so I watched one of these videos and the video from us from like the other day or something. I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And he was going on about how Donald Trump was involved in 9-11. Mm-hmm. And, how, and, and then he has the whole thing about the Jews and Donald Trump 9-11 and how it had to do with transgender stuff because Donald Trump was friends with Rudy Giuliani who used to be transgender, <laughs> used to dress up as women and, yeah. you know, played that clip of him at the, like, yeah. whatever, the Friars or whatever. And it, was, and it was a guy having, like, a mental health crisis. And you have to pay to watch this. And I was like, you just, why don't you just go down to the Port Authority? It's, you just same shit and it's free. It's Can't a little monetize. more dangerous because it's in person. But, like, I'm like, oh, my God. There's so many people out here that we pay mm-hmm. attention to in some way. And like there's and I looked the guy up and there was like an article about him in the Daily Beast and like you're just talking about somebody with a severe like madness issue. I don't know what it is. I can't diagnose the guy. I don't know him. But just from watching his videos like this guy is disconnected from reality in a really kind of crazy way. And this happens to people of all political persuasions and like we got to stop putting these people on TV. And got to stop publishing them or debating them or talking about them. Some of them are normal. And that's, I mean, we talk about people who have like purchased it like the New York Times and, you know, but like these 
fringe fucking lunatics, like, because it proves a point of yours. You know, you can get a Proud Boys guys can say anything, put them on TV, and it's like a ratings coup because he says something fucking insane and violent. And you're like, look, we're in this violent moment. All these people. It's like a lot of the times it's just these really sad slash, you know, really damaged people. We should not be drawing political inferences from people who have deep psychological damage and are like acting on their own. They end up being like fucking school shooters sometimes too. And you should pay attention to them in a different way. But like, you know, debating them is just, you know, not something you should do. Maybe the next Facebook will not be hot or not, right? That's how it started back in the day or in, mm-hmm. in uh, Yale or wherever. Um, and it just be uh, insane or not or, or crazy yeah. or not. And like to start with, you know, known or semi-known public commenters. Point. <laughs> well, I think the uh, worst are the ones that indulge them in like are are normal, but pretend that they're crazy to like be part of that universe. Like I don't I, like what Steve Bannon believes and what Steve Bannon says on his podcast. I think are probably pretty different things. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I mean that. I mean, I just having talked to him, I don't. Then there's I, I the uh, the the thorny Ben Dreyfus problem. Like, is Ben crazy? Well, no, but. <laughs> yes. but ben's just funny like if you're crazy that's and funny that's the yeah. best it doesn't matter like doesn't matter yeah, deliberate, just deliberate, make me laugh. Funny, i don't give a shit like, like you're not really smart funny yeah yeah we're recording this on mm-hmm. i think thursday and on wednesday for no reason zero reason at all he went off on like a 75 tweet thread about gen x that's like I, among the half dozen funniest and just meanest and wrongest He's- attacks i've ever seen in my life he's he has like a little andy kaufman you know he has like an andy kaufman type uh genius of like just like not it was the problem when he was at mother jones because he was in the universe of politics and like they they care about stuff like this and it's like no you just hired somebody who truly doesn't give a fuck and when you're mother (laughs) jones you can't do that like they cannot give a fuck as long as they're like you know noam chomsky or something but but you know not uh not ben dreyfus um, should we should we talk about yeah. um trump's paper situation before we get out of here just the the kind of latest on that to the extent there is much of a latest is there much of a latest uh, i i think we're in this kind of middle period now where it can go a number of different ways but i just think the most interesting thing and I'm interested to hear if you guys uh, what you thought about this, or if you read it, was, you know, Andy McCarthy, somebody who's, um, I, I would consider not somebody who's, um, you know, a Trump hater. And I think a guy that you would expect a maybe Trump sympathetic verdict did not get National Review verdict. writer. Mm-hmm. In, National in, Review writer. And, but, but knows he's, about um, investigations and stuff. Yeah. And he, you know, prosecuted the First World Trade Center bombing, the blind shake. Uh, was it Omar Abdul Rahman? But uh, smart guy. But you know, a lot to disagree with him on. But he seemed to think that that yeah. an indictment was coming. That's what Judge, he read. Judge Knapp um, wrote a piece saying pretty much the same thing that he expects an indictment is coming. Uh, mm. Probably, uh, and, and in part, blamed the president himself for talking a little too much when things when the story first started to break. Yeah, um, admitting to things. Uh, which is not to your advantage yep. when you're under critical and withholding documents, yes. criminal investigation. Yes. But uh, David Von Drilly, uh had a piece in the Washington Post. I don't know if you guys saw which the title of which is "What if Trump's pile of papers is nothing more than a prop," uh, which I thought was like valuable 
and penetrating in a way because it offers like the the practical explanation for why the president has all of these kind of documents um not necessarily in the most secure sort of storage uh in some cases just in boxes according to reporting like mixed in with magazines and stuff and he just gives these accounts <laughs> of like flying on Air Force 1 <laughs> doing reporting with the president and the president just having tons and tons of documents all the time like a prop like just in this yeah. is even before he's president just kind of have a pile of stuff like he'll pull a document out he'll show you a picture of him with Michael Jackson and say do you know who this is he's a friend of mine pull out a picture of someone else same mm-hmm. thing take pull out documents like random documents just kind of look at them and and make a face as though he's focusing um <laughs> intently and then just kind of shove it back into the pile somewhere like this is a man who who is doing what he thinks um this and this is the account here he's, he's looking busy he's trying to look smart by surrounding himself with important yeah, I think papers that's and about right yeah. which actually makes a tremendous amount of Got sense the papers, because the reality papers. is that Donald Trump totally. is a guy who we are told like has had tons and tons of confidential documents and for 4 years he had access to a bunch of top secret information privileged access and leaves and takes papers with him, which is again kind of weird because I imagine you can just kind of copy the details down. You say you say you know secrets about Macron's um, sex life. Well, great. I mean, you don't actually need a document to to prove that you know this shit. Just remember. <laughs> just remember. What's wrong with you? And and what is he doing? Like on Truth yeah. Social this week, he's, he's very into peeing, he's sharing very. and re retruthing. Excuse me. Excuse <laughs> me. Q drops. Like that's what he's doing. He has access to privileged yeah. information. He had four years in the White House top Remember secret. when I was talking about the mentally <laughs> ill a second And he's ago? sharing Q-drops <laughs> on Truth Social. It's utter yeah. madness. And also may finally, oh, crazy may finally yeah. get himself in actual legal trouble here as a result of just kind of being a weird mm-hmm. pack rat who likes to keep important documents and pretend that he's looking at them. Um, and you just can't stop shooting off at the There's mouth. never any consequences for him. And he just no. thinks he can get away yeah. with it. I think he truly yeah. thinks he can get away with it. Like, he's like, I beat the Russia thing. It's like, yeah, they overextended. But like, y- you you did do a lot of bad shit. You're just not, you're not an agent of yeah. the Kremlin. That's, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. But you you're, did <laughs> all sorts of really dodgy stuff. The Ukraine call, we might want to look back at and say, oh my Lord, is this real? Like, this is crazy. This the president is doing this. And all of these things, if, if like, remember the hand-wringing and the hyperventilating about Hillary Clinton's emails and all that stuff. And, like, I just know that all of these people that are defending Trump on this, if, if the oh shoe was gosh. on the other foot, no, they would like, be, like, hang her by you know, on the streets. Her. Yeah. But, but it's also... But it's yeah, also- yeah, put her in jail. Lock her, literally <laughs> lock her up for an email server. And the guys literally got like top secret documents with like <laughs> cigarette butts in the middle of them. It's like, what do you, after, seriously? After having been asked and subpoenaed and asked and asked and subpoenaed to like yeah. Yeah. clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, and, we don't, and I mean, somebody's my suspicion, telling us that you haven't been. And being, my suspicion is that them. there's a, a fairly decent chance that he doesn't even know like what documents he has. He just has no idea what's going on, which is actually just far more credible to me than the kind of narrative that's spun by like David Korn and Mother <laughs> Jones, where it's like, well, what if Trump has documents that are 
things that could have been potentially embarrassing or even criminal about his uh, presidency. What is like one? You think there's only one copy of said documents? (laughs) What do you? What is really going on here? Like this is a guy who is he's literally eating like Chick Fil A on Air Force One, surrounded by like getting (laughs) Polynesian sauce all over the top secret folders. And his, his, <laughs> his, his Trump his fat like, face. It's just, it makes zero sense. So I, I, I don't know that there's much else to say about this, except we'll see how things play out. He may in fact get indicted. That he's not but Julius I Rosenberg? Yeah. Julius Rosenberg? The, so I don't know. All these lefties are posting that. I was like, don't you guys think he's innocent? <laughs> it needs to be the case. You, did you finally acknowledge that Julius Rosenberg was an atomic spy? Thanks. Judge Great. Nam- I'm glad you did. But no, I mean, all of these. Yeah. David Korn. Did he write a book that was like. Yeah. Yeah. Trump the Soviet mole or something. Some stupid fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, I these people like are all just it. so committed to a narrative. It's like you can always make it true. You can make anything true. If you think hard enough, you can make something true. And that is like, you can take the documents, whatever you want. You can interpret them. I mean, who is, what logical person looks at Donald Trump, (laughs) this like sweaty monster eating fucking Burger King. And he's like, the people came to the White House, I gave him Burger King. It's like, wow, that was pretty impressive of you. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. And he's just like in total psycho. And he's like, I think he's selling these to the Russians. Like, what? Honestly? No, he's just like, I'm. St- I, this is mine because I was president and I want to have it all <laughs> and I'm just going to keep it. Like, that's bad because if somebody in the, in the NSA did that, oh they'd be God. in prison. Like, anybody who did this in the FBI would be in prison. <laughs> Donald Trump is not above the law. That we, if, we, if we care about the imperial presidency, we should make sure that this man is, is severely punished for something like this. If other people would be punished for the same thing. I don't know the statutes. I'm not an expert in this stuff at all, but like, let's make sure that we hold the line here and say, if you're doing this to like low level people and putting them in jail, I mean, yeah, maybe indict well, the guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's there. It's hard to, but the one final thing I have to say is that I'm so annoyed at these people who are like, <laughs> these conservatives are so fucking stupid when they're like, um, you know, they're faking it. They just put these <laughs> documents on the ground. I'm like, you know, yeah, they put them on the ground to photograph them, you fucking morons. They're like, yeah, they set it up. Like, they made us think. Like, no, no, no. If you l- watch one American news network, maybe you see that and say, like, oh, that's how they found them <laughs> next to the box of Time magazine covers. Or if you're me, you look at that and be like, oh, they're just, do- they're just catalog- cataloging the evidence and they put it all on the ground and take a picture of it. No one ever said that's how they found it. And this was like a big conspiracy. I'm like, this is what happens when so many people are involved in politics and like, because it's easy and the, there's no entry fee and they're all so fucking stupid. They're like, uh, the FBI is like pulling a fast one on us with making <laughs> us think that that's the way they found them. I didn't think that the first time I said, no, they just put them I, on. I do, uh, but uh, Trump's own like yeah. rebuttal to that description of it further incriminated himself. So like yes. every time the FBI. Oh shit. What did he say? Like no, just like, you know, I didn't have it like that. I had it like this and like this and like yeah. this. They're in my socks. They're in my sock drawer. In Melania's I, oh, I do want to God. shout out Judge Knapp for, um, for reminding me, because I, I suppose I just for, forgotten that Donald Trump has suggested on different occasions that both Julian Assange and Edward Snowden ought to receive the death penalty. Um, so, yes. you know, yes. just saying. Yes. Just saying. 
And he also said, um, I think it was during his campaign. It was during the campaign, 2016. He's like, in my administration, if anybody mishandles classified yeah. documents, they're going to jail. Yeah. yeah There's just going to yeah. be no. <laughs> <laughs> really it's just like, so, you know. It's amazing. Like the guy, if I were to do something like that, say something like that, I'd be like, oh shit, what did I ever say about this in the past? Let me just look at if I've written anything about this so I'm not embarrassing myself. Yeah. yeah. Donald Trump doesn't do that. that doesn't all, all, all that said, doesn't I mean, I, I'm still, uh, well, anyways, it doesn't matter. Anything else before we get out of here? Because it's a little late. And we're heading into a holiday weekend. Yeah, and I want to see my my yeah my daughter who just showed Any, up. Anything else we got to do here? And we got a lot of we have a lot of material. To yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up on our Substack. The, the we do. Adam we do. and and Thomas we conversation do. is coming. Um, you'll hear that shortly after you hear this because you got a long weekend coming up. So we're gonna give you a little something. Um, I know there's a new members only yeah, episode and a members that only. Uh, Moynihan has posted recently. An, yes. an exclusive Moynihan yes, interview with my friend uh, Bob Colicello who wrote one of my favorite books, um, Holy Terror, about yeah. Andy Warhol, and was Andy's consigliere and right-hand man, uh, and, the, fir- and the, the editor of Interview Magazine, and uh, yeah. he's a friend of mine, and um, decided at lunch one day, like, why are you telling me all these great stories and not sharing them with the Fifth Column audience? So it might be a little specific, that's why he's going to be members only, but it's, uh, it's a lot about, uh, and Bob's a political guy too, uh, not openly, but he has politics and they're pretty yeah. interesting, so. So, so we got a lot of great stuff for y'all. And to be clear, members only means um, that uh, for paying That's right. subscribers. That's right. They're, they're the, the good the ones. Who are also yeah. the ones who get to comment on uh, the free episodes. I just got a really big tax bill, so <laughs> you need your help. <laughs> I'm like the Sally Struthers of the IRS. Please. They just adjusted my tax bill by oh a very God. large amount. Adju- quote, unquote, adjusted. True. Yeah. Very big adjustment. So. Could you buy a whole convertible 1970s car for that amount? Uh, I buy those for like nothing and then I rebuild them. Uh, it's true. I just did, I just did all, the entire brakes on, on the, the spider. Brake lines, calipers. What's that? How many do you have right now? How many brakes? <laughs> uh, how many cars? How many cars do you have on um, blocks in uh, East Egg? Uh, blocks? They're on jack stands. I'm not like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like, I'm not that poor. Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> so you have is on a snowbank, and then I'm under the other yeah. end. Uh, yeah. I got a couple that are being worked on at all times. Okay. Okay. And if you, if, you, if you enter the members only contest, uh, is there a contest? <laughs> no. <laughs> just make some yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Sure, sure, sure. Just, yeah, yeah. just, just hear me out here. <laughs> and th- yeah, then you too can come to East Egg and uh, I'll drive you around <laughs> and uh, show you just all like the Just like the great Gatsby. That's and, right. Uh, yep. What? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I'll show you across the water where Jay Gatsby lives. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, where, uh, yeah. And I'll, I'll introduce you to Daisy Buchanan. Total whore. <laughs> <laughs> she puts out. Come on. She puts that's out a joke. It's just like thriller. Joke. Just that's like a thriller. Joke. All right. Yes. A lot of, a lot of well, filthy talk in this one. All bye. Right. Yep. Bye. We don't know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse.